Welcome to another episode of Krakow Football Live. I'm your host, Ashwin Asani, and today we'll be discussing how coaches um, possibly train people who've never been coached before or are uncoachable. And my guests here today are Hugo Cruz, who's the assistant manager of Dragoons FC here in Krakow. Hello, everybody. And Diego, who's the first team coach as well at uh, Krakow Dragoons. Hi guys, nice to be here. So, um, Hugo, uh, let, let's start with you. Uh, you're the assistant manager of what is a really new f- football club in uh, Krakow. Uh, let's start with um, what brought you to Poland and what brought you to Krakow and you know how you got involved with the Dragoons. Yeah, just first to start with how, how I ended up in, in, in Krakow. I mean, there are... Like normally, there are two reasons why expats end up here. <laughs> One is either you find a job here, or you have you have a girlfriend. Or and so in my case, I, I came here because of of my girlfriend. And then of course, I I just uh, enjoyed uh, living here, found a job, and settle settle up. And one uh, since I'm I love to play football. One of the first things I did is was to search for people who play football actually. And um, I found uh, Facebook um, in the expats um, group of um, in Krakow uh, post uh, saying that who wants to play football on a, on Tuesday, and I straight said yes, I want to go to play football on Tuesday, and it was January January uh, 2016, so four years back, and uh, yeah, that's when all of us, or partially all of us, met, started to play every Tuesday, and things things got. Uh, more serious and after after all and we ended up uh, being and creating the constant and being part of it um diego um you you're also um someone who's been with the dragoons for a long time what what brought what brought you to uh, krakow was it for similar reasons as hugo i actually can confirm hugo's theory about the reasons that bring people to krakow <laughs> and <laughs> actually, I also came to Krakow for the first time uh, for a girlfriend that I had uh, uh, back then. But also, as Hugo, I really like the city. I like the, the atmosphere and the expat community. And even after this relationship ended, I decided to stay. Um, and as Hugo said, we actually met back in 2016 uh, when we first started this uh, random kickabout on Tuesdays, uh, meeting a group of guys that were just crazy about getting back at football. I was personally, I don't know, three, four months uh, here when we first met without touching a ball, so I was crazy, already going crazy. And, um, and yeah, that's how I, I met the first uh, the first group of Dragoons, I think. Um, just, to, just to expand... Um on um, both of you um, a little bit here because you know obviously I'm the manager so you know this is this is kind of a awkward um, interviewing we're having here because I'm interviewing you the coaches who are who I've asked to be part of my team um, Diego you're you're like a the newest member of the coaching team um, you know both of you played you know football for the Dragoons for quite some time how, how do you feel about transitioning to um, coaching yourself it was first of all 
tough decision to <laughs> to retire, let's say, but age and injuries uh, forced me to do that. Uh, but I'm first of all, I'm very happy to to still be part of the of the whole project and to be able to help somehow. And it's very interesting to to be honest, because you realize how different it is to see things from inside the pitch and from outside. And I don't know, when, when you are playing, uh, you know, sometimes you know how to do things, you, you get uh, instructions or you get the idea of the game or the idea of what your manager wants quickly sometimes and more quickly than some guys that now you're coaching. It, it happens sometimes. And, and to pass the, the instructions, to pass what you need from the players, uh, it's completely different than... I don't know, then listening and just putting in practice. You know, when you're playing, you have to take care of your, your role, of course, within the team, but your role. And now you have to have, I don't know, 11 eyes because you need to be aware of everything that's going on on the pitch. So uh, it's I, I'm learning a lot. Uh, as some some of the guys in our coaching team, like, like Hugo and even you, I don't know, you have more time and more experience. So I'm trying to learn uh, from this, but I'm enjoying it. I'm having quite a lot of fun and I'm thinking it's more challenging than it looks from outside. Yeah, um, you know, I think um, Hugo can expand on the challenging part um, in my next question to him. Um, Hugo, since um, you've been the system manager, you know, have you, how, how have you actually found it? You know, being because you were someone who, you know, um, was who came through like youth football, so you experienced, you know, actual coaching. And many of our guys in our team have never been coached. So, how, how have you found this? Like, um, you know, when you're doing training sessions, what, what, what kind of uh, let's say feeling has it given, given you? Well, I have definitely a huge respect now from my my coaches, uh, <laughs> much more than, uh, than than I've ever thought, and and it's it's definitely challenging, as you, as you mentioned. What is the challenge? It's it's challenging. Uh, although for me it was quite natural the transition. Um, I really wanted to to do this for a long time. Uh, my first the first time that I fin I ended my very short career. I. I wanted straight to, to to be a coach, and now it was it was actually an opportunity again from the same reason since I had an injury. And um, first of all, it's much easier actually to explain uh, and to to control people when you are a player inside, and uh, when you are in a match and you are involved in a match, it's much easier to to actually control and to 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 um, to give hints to to your colleagues where to be and where not to be and what to do. Um, then uh, and when you were mentioning you were also mentioning the fact that some of our our guys never had the opportunity uh to be coach or for a long time or um as a football player and this is definitely um a challenge because or, or as diego was mentioning they they will have more troubles to get the the um, the, the drills because they they don't understand straight at first what we want from them um but the the biggest challenge here is also that um we we have a complete completely different context than most of the teams when you when you 
when you plan a training for, for when my coaches were planning a training, and sometimes I was talking with them about that, they were planning a training for four days in a week and then for the match, right? We have one hour and a half to compress everything we want to get, to get and then to transpose it to, 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 to the match or, or, or to learn. You need to think about quick wins and we cannot even lose time in a training. You cannot even lose time more than 10 minutes explaining somebody else uh, uh, better what they have to do because this is this 10 minutes is just already like 10% of the training. So that, that that is the biggest challenge and how 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 we can manage so many different levels of people, the language barrier and also the the fact that we are in a completely different context than a normal than a normal team even for for, for grassroots. Well, it's um it's, it's it's a I guess it's very difficult as well because you know we we. Me, you, Diego, we have to like have some authority as well on the training pitch, but and at the same time, this is while we're dealing with um, a lot of people who are our friends. And you know, do do you think that do you think that adds more difficulty or more complications to what we do, Hugo? Um, yeah, I mean, in the beginning. Especially, and there was—I mean, I was a—I was playing with them before, right? So there was this still yeah. like a barrier. You know, now I, I need to give you orders, and it's not like a bit—it's not advising. It's an order, yeah. And um, and it was quite difficult to to be serious and to to be serious to them and to have to gain at least that that um, that that their attention. Uh, it's it, it's different, but at some point it's it's an advantage because they. They they don't treat us like a normal coach. I remember when I was having a proper coach, right? The thing is like you are treating we are treating the coach like you know the guy who give us orders and then we talk about him and back and then we are pissed at uh, the coach and you you take it more seriously when when you have in a group of friends that respect and and my feeling is that we all respect each other and we understand the situation is that actually we we can transpose some of the friendship that we have with them. Uh, to 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 the training pitch and we they help us also even if they make our life very difficult in a lot of moments they also uh, try to 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 help us in um, in 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 controlling the the group and controlling the group it's 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 the first thing that we need to have uh, in, when we when we coach uh, any team right yeah I mean um, we have a lot of players in the team I think you know. We have 25 people coming for 90 minutes of training and and this is why we now have four of us as coaches and when you think of it for a for a club our size that's a lot of lot of um, coaches and you know Diego you've um, been involved with a lot of these training sessions when we've just had too too many players there um, no do, do do you think um that as as we grow um, as a club, that we will have to like get into advanced coaching techniques, or just just so we can coach this number of players. Uh, definitely, I think uh, we all will have to let's say to to get our game uh, up for that uh, for many reasons. Uh, and as Hugo was saying, it's very challenging. The fact we have right now. One training, one 90 minutes training, 
we have sometimes 25 even i think we even had a training with almost 30 players and as you said now we are four but in the beginning we were not even four we were like three sometimes uh so we have to to get the skills to make this 90 minutes worth i don't know three four hours and uh i think for sure we will need some advanced skills for that what what do what do you see um what what could we do as a team do you think um to benefit i'm i I'm, i don't know what kind of ex, um, experience you've had um, diego back home in brazil um with coaching but um what, is there like um something similar that you've seen with like younger you know youth teams there cuz uh, i know back in england we used to have clubs with like you know where 30 kids would turn up to play for an hour and there's one guy trying to handle it all was there, was there something similar back in brazil and is there anything you think you could learn from there yeah for sure uh and and this also goes back to to what uh, you and ugo were mentioning before about being a big group and also a big group of people that are also our friends uh especially back in brazil if you compare brazil to europe uh, in Europe, even younger players, or even if they're your, your friends, uh, you have more discipline here. You know, people are more focused, they take things more serious. Back in Brazil, it's, you know, football is, it's literally a game. It's like the time that you, is the time of the day that you have fun. And to make uh, sometimes a short, you have, I don't know, one hour, one hour and a half, like we have here to train 20, 30 kids or teenagers or something like this, uh, make them focus and make this time worth and not just a kickabout is super challenging. So I think that I can relate to that and maybe bring some of the experience with these kind of situations here. We'll see if it will work. Well, hopefully it does because you know we want to win. <laughs> yeah, <that's> a, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> and uh, Hugo, um, you know you're kind of the brain in the coaching team. You you know you're you're bringing the ideas to training, and um, you know our drills are not advanced. Obviously, um, you know like we said, we're dealing with different levels of. Um, people, uh, footballers who, and, you know, the different levels of experience they have with um, actual coaching and drills. Um, where, where do you get your uh, ideas from, your motivation? Or is it just on a, do you think it's just on um, a basis of our aims as a way we want to play as a team? Yeah, I mean, first of all, the brain is you. I mean, I'm just coordinating <laughs> what you want. Of course, um the um, my w when i prepare the trainings and i'm thinking about w what i can achieve in a short time right um i can tell and i already told in some of our trainings that most of the drills i would say 90% of them are things that i i never copied from from some book or for some some you know some drill uh, group website that to we can search nowadays we can find everything in internet so it's it, of course of course I, I i look at them i get some inspiration but but then i need to think since we have so much we don't have time i, I need to think how i can do this in such a way that 
they actually will even if they will not like it because you know it's too slow or they are not touch going to touch the ball but they still get something that they can transpose to their game and and, and this is this is how i started to define is the priorities yeah so that's that, that's why I, I end up with quick with the, the strategies to have the quick gains um so starting from the organizational because let's be honest um with one hour and a half of training we cannot we cannot train anybody to now to be the messy yeah right we need to use the technique that they gain through all these years when you are 30 years old of course you can train something you can get better of passing on shooting but it's it's just a marginal gain we need to work with what we have of course improve some of the technical things but focus on the uh, organizational part because this is where we will take in my opinion the 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 biggest um, profit uh, especially when we're talking that you are playing in the in the in the in the lowest league in in Poland but in the lowest league in Poland there are these these guys that are 40s plus years old and they play football all life so are they actually organized so the only way to beat them is 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 to take also advantage for our organization and and and, and that's that, that's what where i i base most of of of, of of the drills and 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 um and and the the customizations i do to the drills to get people to 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 understand to understand the match and something that they can transpose straight to 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 to, to sunday to to the match yeah i mean you're right it's um you know all about these um marginal gains but um you know especially for a team like uh ours where it's a group of just you know technical very gift some very gifted players put together then you know having um organization makes a huge difference because even at the top level of football you know it's um i think uh <clears throat> the players they you know it is the sorry the coaches there are looking for those marginal gains even at the top level so when like you say at the level we're at just having organization can give a, a a big platform but again it's um you know the time frame that we have to do it in is is very short and it does make our job of, as coaches very difficult um you no know, where i think um you know personally um i took the job um purely because i wasn't playing and um i think alex was just looking for someone who would be willing to be a coach and i said yes um i didn't i didn't plan to do it but um i'd always like read about coaching and i you know looked into i i always like read about managers and the style of football they played and you know who their mentors were and why they played in that way and this kind of stuff so for you hugo you know like you said you've always thought about coaching so deep down you had in your let's say soul an aspiration that one day you would love to be a coach a football coach you must have had some sort of um uh, like idols or you know coaches that you looked up to you know who 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 were they yeah you, you know to be to be honest there is not such uh, you know a idol or 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 somebody somebody especially that i i um, i really like since since the young days i i really like organization in the pitch i am I'm, I'm and you know my you know me <laughs> i'm not the most organized person in the world 
<laughs> I am I am I am really organized. I mean, I'm a control freak of organization in the football pitch, and I was always like that. As well as I'm super distracted and I'm super focused when I'm playing football in general, and and uh, and I really when since I was a kid and I wanted to understand why we are doing this, why why we need to move there, why my coach is telling me that, and sometimes there was no explanation. So 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 then it kept me okay. I need to learn learn more and more. Of course, when you talk to a Portuguese person, the first the first idol or icon as a coach is of course Mourinho because uh, I mean especially from my age of course somebody older will will think about other names uh, that were reach also some international level but Mourinho kept, it just changed the game yeah it changed the game not only in Portugal it changed the game in in England when he went back there and he took some of the the learnings including the uh, tactical periodization that he learned back in Portugal, and now he's been used even Peplinders, and you are a Liverpool fan, so you 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 know probably even more than me about that. Um, and, and we think about him, but there was Carlos Queiroz, who was from from Manchester United, and he was he's a completely different coach. But yeah, it's uh, there there were a few names, and 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 in Portugal there is a good thing that from 15 years now we. There, there, there was a lot of investment from the football federation, and uh, especially from the football federation, about developing knowledge. It's not only developing coaches and developing the football, like you know, you have a good academy. No, it's developing knowledge, and there are a lot of academical people who do PhDs in studying football and studying training and studying. And this, 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 this developed a lot football because uh, 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 you, you just, you just add another, an extra. An extra, um, an extra variable to to the trainings because back then football was like everybody knows about football, right? Everybody has an opinion about football. Everybody has, uh, has something to say. Yeah, this guy doesn't know what he's doing. He doesn't shoot. He, sh he should shoot more. He should run more. He doesn't run. Whatever. Nowadays, no. Nowadays, there is a technological component, and also there is there is theorization about it. Yeah, and um, I think that because I. I kind of uh, grew up in this environment, and an environment that there were people, a lot of people talking about football, but already in a, a strategic way, not so much in a, you know a, a typical pub uh, uh, conversation. I I I I developed this thing. Okay, I I really want to know more about it, or I try at least to to know more about it and try to 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 pay attention to the details and not only to the you know to the the things that everybody can can just uh, comment on. Yeah, I mean, uh, I could ask the same thing to you, Diego. Like, um, did you actually see yourself ever like becoming a coach, or did you, did you ever have this feeling when you were like younger, you know, when you were playing football? Did you ever think of, you know, the coaching aspects, the managing aspects of uh, football at that time? I actually did. Um, I always liked the, let's say the, as you say, the managing aspects of football. I was always interested in not only playing and kicking about but also to understand like how like you know the dynamics and how things how things work and why some teams I, i'm talking now about when i was much younger but i would always like to understand like why some teams play so much better or they or i don't know 
their game looks so much, I don't know, easier than others. And so I always looked into that. Uh, I'm a bit older than, than Ugo, I guess. And so I'm from a, some earlier times. Um, but I always thought that that in, in the future I would end up, I, I didn't know if I would have the opportunity, but go this way of coaching. I didn't expect it to be so early. I expected to play a bit, two or three years more. Uh, my body didn't let me, uh, but I'm quite happy that it, it got to, to this now. Did you have any, um, like, idols or, you know, people that you really liked the, you know, the style, their style of coaching? Sure. Or? Um, as I said, I'm a bit of a, a bit older and I'm a bit romantic about football. I like, uh, uh, I love to rewatch, uh, uh, games from from earlier years and so on and there is one brazilian coach that i think he was just amazing and he never he he didn't get the justice he deserved uh, i don't know if you guys know him his name is tele santana um he was a coach of brazilian team in the world cup in 82 and 86 yeah. but especially in 1982 he built a team that was just amazing it played amazing football and stopped unfortunately in Ita uh, against Italy but it was a shame it played beautifully he came back in 86 again he was like uh, taking out of World Cup without losing one match even uh, and every single work he did in Brazilian teams back when I don't know Brazilian football was more competitive if you think about uh, today when South American football is not that competitive anymore but he took many different uh, teams in different situations different budgets even different uh, even geographically challenging situations and he never even once uh, did like a mediocre job he was always doing a good job with what he had always uh, very loyal to his uh, ideas of football of uh, easy play of short quick passes of some 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 concepts that today are are in place as i don't know something modern and he was already doing i don't know something like intensity and players uh, doing one or two or even three functions in the field something that back then was not so common you know like the guy in the midfield, like the defensive midfielder, was a defensive midfielder. He was planted in front of the of defense, and on his teams, you didn't see that. Uh, so I always like to to watch uh, his teams play and and to understand his ideas. Um, he 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 actually, um, you know, had a good um, club career. I think it was at Sao Paulo, right? And he beat yeah. he beat um, Johan Cruyff's Barcelona team. He beat was two it? years in a row. He beat in the first year Barcelona, and the second he beat Milan. Uh, he beat Nin um, 1992 Cap and 1993. Yeah. Capello's Milan, he beat them, yeah? Uh, this yeah, is when yeah. they used to have those games in Tokyo, right? Yeah, exactly. Oh, this yeah. this Sao Paulo team he built, it was amazing. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, you know, this this is the kind of thing um, as well. I always think that that Brazil team um, didn't... The, the thing they lacked was defending and the striker. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <coughs> Maybe they stuck to the if they had if they had Paolo Rossi in 1982 they would have won the World possibly. Cup. Possibly. <laughs> yeah, but but the um, were just amazing. We had Zico, Socrates and Falcao in one yeah. team. It was just beautiful to watch. 
you know the the 80s was an amazing time for midfielders yeah. like um not just in Brazil, yeah, not just Brazil, in Brazil. but France France had their you know they had their magic four yeah. in the midfield um Spain had a good midfield even England had good midfielders Belgium had uh, midfielders Denmark um it, it was actually Argentina who probably had the worst yeah. midfielders about <laughs> the big teams <laughs> yeah um Exactly. <laughs> yeah, they didn't need them. Yeah. Well, they had the best midfield at the time, right? You could say. Um, um, yeah, I mean, go, going going back to that though, actually, um, uh, you know, you said that you know he was a coach who you know stuck to his ideals. Um, you know, he played um, his teams played in 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 the same manner all the time, right? Do Do you think um, Do you think those coaches are the ones who are the most successful or the ones that adapt to their teams? Because, you know, I, I guess, you know, it might depend on where in the league or the technical abilities um, the players that a team has um, make an impact on that decision. But, you know, there are some coaches who would say, it doesn't matter if my team is 19th in the league, we have to play in this way, right? Which, 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 well, let's actually just say, which kind of coach would you like to be, Diego? Oh, no, I honestly, I don't think he was perfect, obviously. And I do think that one very, very important, um, let's say, feature of a coach is you have to know how to play the, you know, the, the players you have. So in this sense, I think he... You know, we're talking about a guy that never, never went to to coach. I don't know, like a lower league level or something like this. So he had access to yes. to players that he could. I don't know. He could choose players. Okay, I need this guy. I need this guy. Right. Um, I think that uh, depending on the uh, the example that you gave. I don't know. I I I get called for by a team on the 19th league. I have to see the pieces I have and I have to adapt to what I have. I, I I can't play like Brazil in 82 with, I don't know, with, with, I, I don't know, think about Brescia or something like this. It's just not, it's just not going to work, yeah. right? So the one of the big challenges of the coach is actually to understand the pieces you have and take the best of them. I think sometimes you might see in one piece something that even the player didn't think that he could do as some new function, some new uh, position, something like that. This is also something that a good coach, uh, like a, a better coach should, should have different from others. So I, I particularly like to watch the game. I like to pay attention to the players, to pay attention to what's going on and, and see these this differences, see these special things and see what can be improved. This is a, you know, it's quite actually, uh, it's quite interesting because I don't know if you guys know, but there are coaches out there that regardless of what position or technical ability of their players, they will want their team to play in the way that they want, right? So um, i give you an example. Um, you know the Barcelona coach? Yeah. Um, Kike Setien, yeah? Kike Setien, yeah. Yeah, so he, he's a, he's, his teams have always played in that way, right? Expansive exciting football and they concede a lot of goals but they score a lot of goals so when he was at Las Palmas I think they were bottom of the league and he came and he started to make uh, I think the previous coach they were playing very structured organized you know 
trying not to concede goals because they didn't have belief in their technical ability and they wanted to, you know, sneak wins by marginal gains, like Hugo was saying earlier. But he, he made them play more expansive football and they finished 11th in that season. And then he did that same at Betis and, you know, Betis, they beat uh, Real Madrid in the Bernabeu two years in a row by scoring four, I think, yeah. twice. Um, so, you know, he, he has this style and... Um, you know, uh, Hugo, what do you think about this kind of thing? Well, I, I believe there is no single recipe for everything, right? I mean, um, of course, if you have a style and if you if you if you believe in football in such a way, it's also if you believe that way, it, it will be easier for you to to teach your or to to pass this message to your um, and this uh, the, most of all the motivation to your players so of course you should stick to some of, of of your beliefs so if you believe that playing expensive football is the way to play football uh you should start with that basis but uh, as it really depends a lot in a lot of contests, there is no single recipe. Even Guardiola, with his, with his this way of playing, and of course passing the ball, and everybody is running to the ball. And as you know, he has all the time more than sixty percent of of possession. He, he needed to adapt somehow, especially in England. He adapted a lot because because not only your your op, the opponent teams play different. So I mean, if I'm going to hunt a lion and if I'm going to hunt a duck. And maybe I get I have the same gun or it's a gun, but I, I'm going. I need to play completely different. I mean, I probably with a lion, I need to to hide myself a bit, a bit more than with the duck, right? Uh, and it's the same in football. I mean, you 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 have the same basis, and it's good that you keep your ideas um, as a basis because that that will be consistent also to pass to the players. So I want to play like that. For example, in dragons, we know. We set it up that this, and it came from you also that we need to to play the ball. Yeah, that's 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 our image of Mark. We need to play the ball. We need to play from uh, from uh, from back. Something that nobody does it in in the lowest league in Poland, even in two two or three divisions above, right? So we are doing that. Yeah. But however, we we needed to adapt. Also, there are a lot of there are a lot of different. Um, sometimes we don't have the players. Um, at the back with the best uh, with the best technical ability, so we play slightly different, and we teach them how to play something different. Sometimes the the game is completely different. I give an example from the game that we did in uh, against a, a team that was it was raining as hell. I don't remember now. I don't recall now the the team. It was a Polish difficult name, also. <laughs> and um, and 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 I remember it was raining. It was in um, in natural grass, actually uh, long grass, and the first half. Um, they just sat, uh, seated in our side of the pitch, and we couldn't get out of it because we were trying to play the ball. In the second half, we told them in the in the break, and I remember, guys, if if they are more than a few minutes over us, just shoot the ball to one of, the, just play long, play long, and then go up. Then you do the opposite. Yeah. You, so it's not our style, but we needed to adapt, and we ended up in the, winning in the second half, like by three or four goals difference. So it's like you know. There is no single recipe. It's of course we should be. I think every coach needs to be consistent with his ideas. And if if you change all the time your ideas and your basic knowledge of match, probably won't motivate your team because they don't feel like you really want to to play football. They feel like you you know that you're just 
changing ideas all the time, and it's it's, it's not it's not good. Um, do you do you guys think um, you know, some of the players say, oh, you want us to play like Liverpool? Liverpool that's what they say yeah. to me, right? <laughs> What do you, do, you, do, you, do you guys do you, think we're trying to do that? <laughs> yeah, I've heard that what, a few what, times. What, what do you think? <laughs> but, but honestly, I don't see anything wrong with that because it's like a successful style of play. I think, as I, I agree with what Bugu was saying, like you need, as a coach, you need to have a style, you need to have a football idea, and you need to try, try to implement it. And the example that Ugo gave was perfect. Like there was this one game we didn't have maybe the players, the pitch conditions didn't allow us to play our game that is like playing the ball from the back, keeping it, making the the opposition to, to run after us. So we adapted and that's why we train. We don't train only our ideal situations. We, tra we train also alternatives. And this is where I think where the coach, uh, coach job starts. Like you have to have alternatives. We have to have... Uh, the game won't always go as we expect. We can concede an early goal. We can have an early injury or something like this or players that are not available this day. So having alternatives is always important, but I also uh, I also believe we, we need to have our style, our, our idea set. So, yeah, I mean, okay. Do, did I set us out to play like Liverpool? Um, <laughs> it, it, looked like, it, looked, it looked like it because I moved a striker to the right wing and he was left footed but the guy i put in strike is always a better striker it's just that no it's just that everyone else didn't know it at the time you know um and when we had those front three we had an arab guy on the right we had a you know whatever polish guy yeah. up front and you know we had, a, we had a very fast black guy on the left wing with the right foot and everyone's like, oh, that's a Liverpool front three. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yeah, you're, all try, you're trying to play like Liverpool. Uh, yeah, but, you know, the, the, I, and then I always say to them, I, I, can't, I can't remember who it was. It was Marcelo, one of the one of the fullbacks <laughs> saying this to me. And I said, if I was trying to play like Liverpool, you would be a much better fullback. <laughs> Definitely, we'll run, we'll run more, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll run, yeah. And, uh, but, but I, I think um, like what Hugo is saying in regards to adaptability, I want us to be like Liverpool because, and this is um, this is not because of something I thought when when I first started coaching the team. It's only something that I shared with you guys recently. You know, Pep Linders mm -hmm. he had an interview, and in there he was talking about how you know at, at Liverpool, you know, you know, ever since they had the the loss to Real Madrid. That season, when they got to the final against Real Madrid, they got through playing like Gegenpressen, right? So there's a whole thing about Jürgen Klopp and they play Gegenpressing. And, you know, it was just swift counterattacks at pace and, you know, destroying teams that way. And, you know, um, but it's not sustainable in a Premier League season. So Pep Linders, he came back to the team because he went away to manage it another team and he's he and what they decided was they needed to stop being so frantic you know and this is something we were as i think if you guys remember as a team as well dragoons was very frantic at the start it was end-to-end -end football players would be tired so quickly they weren't 90 minute players either but we would just be going fast 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 everything's fast liverpool were doing this but then what they do instead is they try to control as many outcomes as they can so when something different happens 
they already have something in play to respond and be ready. Um, Pep Guardiola does something different. He's like, his team play the same way, right? And 99 times out of 100, they get the result playing that way. But when someone else comes, when someone comes up against them for that one time, they don't win. And this is why they fail in the Champions League because the one time has been an English team most of the time or, you know, someone like that. So I want us to be like Liverpool, of course. I want us to be adaptable. So play long ball, play short, play out from the back. But obviously, as you guys say, we have to coach these things as well. And it's, it's, a, it's a lot of it is about organization as well. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, um, we don't play like Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> What, 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 for 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 both of you, um, you know, what what ideally uh, would you be looking for, for from yourself um, in terms of coaching in the future, and um, also for the club? Uh, let's start with you, Diego. What do you, what do you mean? Like you know, where, where, where do you think um, where do you think the the club's gonna? Where would you like the club to go? And also, like you know, from your personal like development as a coach what, what would you like okay to happen i first of all i see a lot of potential uh in both i there are two different things the club and the team and both have huge potential uh it's a shame this all this quarantine thing because i think we were in the great track um i think the we have short-term and and middle-term expectations. My short-term expectation was definitely get promotion this year and uh, take us to a you know to a next level. Uh, the club is getting every day more organized. A great job from from Alex and the whole board. And I think we can we can go we can go farther than we are. Uh, uh, th there is a lot still to do, of course. Uh, we can improve many things. I think the more we are advancing with results uh, on the pitch as well, uh, will give us conditions to improve our our structure, our finances and everything. And personally, uh, I think the more I help the club to grow, the more I will grow uh, in the coaching life. Uh, I, I have a lot to learn. I think uh, learning on the pitch is the best way, uh, especially on a challenging environment like ours. Uh, as we were talking in the beginning, we have a group of young guys that are also our friends, which give us good things as uh, they are open to talk to us. They're open to give us feedback, uh, but also it's challenging to get the respect, as Hugo was saying. And uh, the whole organization thing is, is more challenging and to put our, our ideas in play to make them, uh, let's say, buy our, our philosophy, our ideas. So I think it's kind of walking together, both things, my personal development with the club's uh, progression. And I'm looking forward to see it. Yeah, that's great. Great to hear. I mean, hopefully it goes hand in hand and, you know, yeah. you'll end up being, you'll end up being, um, Gremio's manager. Mr. Santana. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I'm looking forward for that. That's you, what, that's you, what I'm aiming. You're talking about, <laughs> you're talking about the belly or just, 
The man, the, the man at uh, when he was around 70, he was in better shape than I am right now with this all this quarantine and beers and so on. So I think <laughs> I, I also have to get there. Um, well, what about you, Hugo? Um, you know, personal coaching development, and I think you know, um, for the club, you know, I think it's a given, isn't it? Everyone wants us to become the biggest club in the universe. <laughs> I mean, that will happen, obviously. <laughs> but what about your personal coaching development? I mean, at the moment, you know, you work, you're working with me, um, obviously, and with Diego. But did you see yourself like? Um, would, where, what do you see yourself? Where, do you, where would you like to develop? Actually, yeah, I mean, where would you uh, like to be better? It's difficult to to imagine since 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 we have completely different lives and and careers, and it, it's difficult to imagine, but. Uh, I would like to 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 develop more more knowledge about and and more experience. Maybe start to train also some some kids, you know, to 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 actually contribute to the development. Not only for now, you are contributing to 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 settle up a team and you know teach something, but it's more about you know work with what you have. Um, I like a lot. I would like a lot to work with something that i can improve yet so somebody that can be uh improved from from almost from the beginning so that's that's why i would like to work with young teams it doesn't necessarily need to be very very young but i would like to work because uh, that's that's something that i liked you know to 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 teach in general yeah i always like to teach and to and i would like to 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 do it when when somebody is young to you know to to see what it works actually and 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 to, my aim my aim like now and always is like you know if football coaches they have not many much influence about what is happening in the match that's that, let's be honest we don't have many influence i mean players do this yeah, uh, it's, yeah. it's like the more we we teach them and so the younger they are the easiest it is yeah to understand the, the match the easier they it will be for you to have some some um, some um, some results. So uh, I, I would like to to have the opportunity with time and with more times per week than one uh, to 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 see the results of teaching all team as a group to understand each other each other's differences and you know compensate and balance the match. There is no I don't like dogmas in anything. And I think football is full of dogmas or was full of dogmas. Like we always see the the thing like uh, it's it's a funny it's a funny thing, but because it was happening. But it's 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 the thing like the 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 fullback. If one fullback goes completely up, the other cannot go. Which is which is which is okay. I, it makes sense. But it why it is like that? I mean, if I, if I want to teach a, a team of kids, you know, and I don't want to lose, I will say that. But it, it, does it necessarily needs to be like that? No, it doesn't. I mean, you can compensate with the midfielder actually goes to and occupies the uh, and can occupy the um, the um, the position that position. So I, I don't see in in myself any any new short term or long term objective. Of course, I w I love football and I, I would love actually to do it as a job in the future, but. I do a, a completely different things in life, so I, I I think football is a lot about community. So I want to keep to be keep being engaged in the community and maybe help some kids to to develop and uh, have a better life and you know just understand more about football. 
You're right about the last section, especially, you know, football clubs all, you know, we have tribalism in football because they all started, you know, as um, parts of those communities, right? That's how football clubs um, came into being. And that's why there's so much passion and why Gremio hate International and so, so on, so on, right? <laughs> Um, Benfica hate Porto or whatever you know (laughs) these these kind of things this is why so yeah um, I think football is a community sport so um, I'm I'm, I'm actually quite um, surprised that you you want to go into youth football I thought I thought you'd be looking at you know coaching more old players who don't want to be coached (laughs) he's already doing that I have have already (laughs) that experience yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) Um, how do how do you manage? All right, without getting yourself into trouble with your work, Hugo. How do you balance your personal life? You know, with uh, work and you know coaching work. Well, I don't I don't do my work. <laughs> no, I'm <just>, uh... <laughs> All right, that's you in trouble. So, uh... <laughs> you tried to save the man, but he didn't want to be saved. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, you know, it's just um, I, I do. I, I every, every one of us, you know, especially now in the beginning, we 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 take a lot of time reading, 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 thinking, and then I'm thinking about what, especially on Tuesday, what I can do today. Yeah, but this exercise, and then and then we have like less two people because it's raining and they don't want to go anymore. <laughs> so it's like uh, this drill doesn't work anymore. And then you know, I'm I'm all the time thinking and thinking. Of course. You need to to we need to be organized. I mean, we have uh, have my fiance at home. I I, I need to on the, especially on the Tuesdays and on the Sundays. Uh, I need to plan everything in advance so that everybody's so that everybody plans things in advance so uh, we don't end up missing you know important moments uh, with family and losing things at work also because you what pays us and what actually keeps us in dragoons because we are here because we live here it's actually our 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 um, our normal life and our working life and uh, and um it's you know it's not that difficult but it's difficult for example in a Tuesday and I guess you you feel the same and you you can tell me but you have a difficult day at work and then you arrive you are already super tired because it's 8 p.m and then you know, there is something is not working well in the training, and you need to think how can I solve this? I don't want even to choose teams to pick up teams. You, you, you can. I just sometimes I would just want to think, can you please just go and run around the pitch? <laughs> 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 and it's yeah. So it's not that easy, but yeah, it's challenging. But it's something I really like. You know, I could pass hours talking about this here with you guys, and I guess you feel the same. The same way as I would, I enter in the pitch. And that two hours that I'm there, I, you know, it, I, I feel good. I, I, I completely forget everything about life, even, 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 even the, the good or bad things. I, I just, I'm in a completely different world. So it's, it's, it's. I don't think it's that bad yet. So you know, um, what you're saying, you know, you just, uh, you, you want them to pick the teams themselves. This is why I'm the bad cop and you're the good cop. You see. Because I can make them do that. <laughs> they don't expect that from you. They expect that from me, though. <laughs> Pick the teams yourselves. <laughs> okay. Um, we're, we're coming, like, to the end of our time here. So, you know, uh, as, as 
you know, all of our players will be listening to this uh, podcast. Let's um, have a quick fire Q&A with both of you and I'll get involved with myself. So um, we'll go in a circle. Hugo, you answer first. Diego, you answer second. And I'll answer third. Okay. So who is your favorite player in the team? Well, I don't have one. I don't have one, to be honest. Uh, I would go position by position. Um, but to be honest, I don't have any, 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 uh, uh, I, I cannot name one. It's, it's, it's very difficult to, to name one. The... Come on, Hugo. I, <laughs> they will understand, man. Good they will understand. Good. I think that is the, the most consistent player we have and the one I appreciate. Yeah, the that's, that's that's wait, that's wait, 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 wait. Don't, don't, don't jump. <laughs> so it's, a, it's, also, don't it's also the one, it's also the one I like the most. No, it's, uh, I would say it's um, at the moment, Alexi. Alexi, okay. Cool. Uh, Diego. Mine is Danny Silva. He's your favorite player, yeah? I cannot say that. Yeah. I cannot say that because he's my friend, man. <laughs> <laughs> we are <the> good. <laughs> you, you're acting like um, you know, our squad isn't full of your friends. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, you're saying that Alexei is not your friend. Okay, so yeah. you hear that, Alexei? <laughs> he doesn't consider your friend. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, it's a different level. Of Portuguese, okay. Yeah, 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 of course. Um, you uh, my my favorite player is um, is Adrian, and um, it, it's not it's not because I like him. It's because he wins us games, and I was hired by the board to win games. <laughs> <laughs> So just in case he's listening and he gets a big head now, I'm just making sure he knows that. <laughs> um, ah, man, we will have to yeah. stand him now. <laughs> yeah. We'll have, to, we'll, have to, we'll have to drop him now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who, 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 is, uh, who is the most improved player over the past year? Hugo. Mm-hmm. Well, I can say that Adrian could be one of the players that improved the most. But uh, let me. Yeah, let's not give him too much praise. Yeah. No, he did improve a lot. Um, good question. Hmm. All right, let's keep you for now. Diego. <laughs> yeah. Um, Let me think. For me, it's Adrian. And you know that right in the beginning, uh, when we had the, the voting between Adrian and Hussam, I was one of the, the guys who voted for Hussam. I didn't like uh, so much like Adrian's uh, game in the beginning. And right now, I really do. I think uh, he really improved a lot. Possibly also the age. He was even younger then, uh, and now he's for me. He's a he's a different player for me today. As you said, like he actually wins games for us, and and he's there. He's a guy that in the tough matches you know that you can count on him. If the ball goes there, he he has the chance he'll score. So yeah. I, I I see him completely different today. Yeah, it makes uh, it's quite um, interesting actually. Um, I have a uh, four 
for the season so far, I have a very interesting choice for the most improved player in this season or over the past year. I'm going to say Alexi, who plays left back. Mm-hmm. Because I think when he first started, he thought of himself as a centre back or a left back. But, um, you know, he wasn't. He wasn't. I don't think he was playing badly, but, you know, he was prone to making a lot of mistakes. But now he's really fit. He's unbelievably fit. He might be the fittest person in the team. And I think he's the he's fittest. Always, yeah, and he's always asking for advice from Hugo, especially on other physical stuff that he can do. And he's learned a lot, and he's cut out those mistakes he was making at the start. Uh, so I think he's improved a lot. And, yeah. All right, Hugo. You've had your time now. We need now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, you know, you know, I, 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 I still, I still keep Adrian as one of the improved the most, and uh, but uh, especially because he's moving in a completely different way and is already looking at paying attention to the team. But he needs to pay attention also because one of one of the players actually that I see that has a lot of potential and actually is evolving fast is is is, is Alexi, the who is playing in front. Yeah. And uh, they are actually complementing each other a bit because, uh, and this is a heads up also to to Adrian now, just because we are complementing now, he needs to learn, to 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 keep working because the truth is he give he wins as match, but when we playing against uh, against teams that we are already you know they are not the best teams at all. Uh, actually, when we put Alexey, we straight score like two or three goals, easy, because yeah. he plays much more with the team and he uses much more the colleagues, and it makes a huge difference because he actually receives the ball in the space, something that we don't have with a with with Adrian because he he searches the space himself. It's, it's a completely different way of of playing. Um, but yeah, those so so those are for me actually the ones that improved the, the most because uh, as again uh, there was a huge difference from last year to to this year Adrian had a good timing for he for improving because uh, actually when he started having some some strong competition because young Alexi started to do some good matches and so on so he also you know brought his game up so uh, I don't know if he was saving it and being lazy or what, but well done, Adrian. I hope you keep doing that. Well, there's no more communism in Poland, so competition is pushing people to improve. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, most consistent player, Hugo. Well, I need to keep my, 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 my first choice. But since I, I can add another one. Oh, your favorite player and most consistent. Yeah, it is the reason. It is the reason I chose him. But I, another person, yeah, okay. another player that is very consistent, the way he plays is Scott. Okay. Yep. Diego, I'm going with Alexi, center back. Now, I've never seen him having like one match that he went. I don't know in the lower level. He's always he, he's always there, and I, I'm very impressed with with how consistent he is. Yep, um, uh, I'm going to agree with that. And I also think um, Scott as well is a good shout. I think they're both very consistent. I agree. I agree, Scott. Yeah. I agree with Scott as well, but uh, like I say, for me, stands out a bit. A bit. Um, just, just a bit of trivia. Do you guys know who is the oldest player in the squad? Orlando. Are you sure of that? Ooh. I don't know the answer either. We're not very good coaches. Eh? <laughs> it's Orlando. No, it's Orlando for sure. 
It might be Orlando or David. <laughs> unless, unless we count Mariano, because Mariano is older than Orlando. Yeah. But if not, it's Orlando. So, uh, but no one knows how old Scott is. He could be 60 for all we know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm only using official data provided by players. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Finally, um, who do you see as a star of the future for the team? You know. No, I thought starting. Okay, me. Um, mm-hmm. Start of the future. I would say Holexi could be. Yeah. Isn't 19? 19, 20? 19, yeah. Yeah. Diego? Um, if you think about like younger guys, yeah, I would say Holexi is the biggest, but biggest unexplored, unreached potential. I think it's Alexi because for his age, he has some some skills, some some things there that he is quite. It's quite early for him to already have it. So I have big hopes. I also I'm I think he's quite young. I my bad now, but I don't know his age. But I really like Mark, and I think he's quite young as well. I think he has a lot of potential. Yeah, he's old. <laughs> he's old? He's 26. <laughs> nah, 26 is young, man. Come on. Yeah, he's quite... I mean, yeah, I guess he is. No, there's quite a few young players in our team now. And yeah. personally, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go for Roy because he's 18. Um, I don't know him. I don't know. Yeah, you've oh, yeah, not Roy, seen him play. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's a... He's, he He's a Danny Silver in the making, you know. Okay. <laughs> well, because Danny Silver is not getting younger. <laughs> yeah, but Danny he's Silver... A, he's in my class. <laughs> yeah, but Danny Silver well, doesn't, but, doesn't seem to age. But without Picanha. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I, 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 it looks like I'm 10 years <laughs> older than Danny Silver. Fuck hell. Yeah, he's, he's Benjamin Button, Danny Silver. He's, he's never aging. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Um... You know, to thank you very much for your input on uh, coaching um, and how it is in a you know a low le- lower league team. Um, really enjoyed your inputs today, um, especially the section at the end, which I'm sure our players will really enjoy. Um, <laughs> yeah. so, so thank you, Hugo. Uh, we'll and, have we'll have less less players in the next next training for sure. Yeah. And thank you, Diego. <laughs> thanks, 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 Ash. Thanks for for hosting it. And thank you. I hope uh, you know, Hugo. We'll probably stop getting some free beers after matches from players now. Yeah. But you can I always mean, blame me on my, me. You can always blame me on me. <laughs> you know, you know. Just just to defend myself, opinions change. And, <laughs> and, and, and cold beer after the match changes opinions very fast. <laughs> and. And, and and my preference was going for players who are for a long time. So for the newcomers, if they want to convince, I mean, this is... <laughs> I'm easier. Yeah. I just need a cold beer, guys, after match. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, thanks thanks again to both of you for joining. Um, thanks to everyone who has been listening. And I hope you enjoyed today's episode of uh, Crackle Football Live. Hope to hear from you next time. Okay, I need to do that last bit again. Fuck. <laughs> Let's go again. <laughs> Shit, what was I going to say? <laughs> Give me, like, give me a five second. You can put this in, as an extra. You're just giving me extra work, you know that. I know. So give me a five second gap and I'll do it. Okay, ready? Yep.
Thanks to everybody for listening today to another episode of Krakow Football Live. And I hope you'll tune in next week too. And cut. <laughs>